To come first, first you have to finish. This is Sophie Wilson, and you are listening to the Slow Boat Sailing Podcast. Hello, this is Linus Wilson. Welcome to Episode 9 of the Slow Boat Sailing Podcast. On this episode, we have five-time circumnavigator Dee Kafari, and she holds several firsts. She is the first woman to sail solo nonstop against the prevailing winds and currents. She is the first woman to sail solo nonstop, both east and west around the world. All these trips are going through Cape Horn, by the way. She is a five-time circumnavigator, once in the the Barcelona Ocean Race, double-handed. Most recently, she joined the crew of SCA in the Volvo Ocean Race, and she will be part of the crew in the next edition, Team SCA is an all-woman's crew in the Volvo Ocean Race. They were the first all-woman's crew in the last edition, and they plan to compete in the next edition in 2016-2017. Dee also uh, successfully completed a Vendée Globe, where she finished sixth in a field of 30, one of only 11 competitors to finish that race. Next week, we will have the crew of SV Delos. Karen, Brady, and Brian are all in South Africa when I caught up with them last week. And I'll bring that episode to you next week. I'm excited to bring all these uh, wonderful sailors onto the podcast. I would encourage you to help support the podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Uh, Right now, I am offering to give away my book, Slow Boat to the Bahamas on Amazon, to anyone in the world who will download it if we hit our Patreon goal of $20 per episode. So by pledging just as little as one dollar per episode you can give away a book that is selling for 9.99 to conceivably over a thousand sailors so your dollar pledge could allow you to give a gift of over ten thousand dollars to other sailors i've never given away my book slow boat to the bahamas on amazon.com It's a funny look at getting the sailing bug and going on the big trip with a four-year-old and a four-pound dog. And I hope that uh, it will inspire other sailors to go on the cruise of their dreams. So go to patreon.com slash slowboatsailing or if you are an iTunes user on your iPhone... You could press the three dots uh, next to the show description, and that allows you to touch the links in the show notes and click straight to the Patreon link 
We'll also have a link to the Patreon site where you can uh, become a patron of the, the podcast and make your dollar pledge. There are great incentives for people that make as little as a dollar pledge. You'll get a free audio book version, MP3, of How to Sail Around the World Part-Time, which dispels many of the myths that keep people from leaving the dock or finishing a long-distance cruise. If you go to the $2 level or the $5 per episode level or the $10 level, there are many, many more free things, and uh, you can have... uh, conceivably free paperbacks, free audiobook, free PDF versions, and uh, all kinds of other great incentives. So, you know, if you haven't bought my books or you haven't bought my audiobook and you're, you've been debating it, you might find it is a better deal just to become a patron on Patreon for the dollar di- dollar pledge or maybe the two dollar pledge or the five dollar pledge just check it out and i think you'll you'll find that it's a it's a great value here is world record holder d kafari yeah hi there uh it's it's a great honor to get the chance to speak to you on the slow boat sailing podcast Uh, You know, before we do the interview, I'll read a very long list of your just impressive achievements. You're clearly one of the best sailors of your generation, if not all time, and it's such an honor to to speak to you today about the topic of your interest. Oh, I thank you. So I've been reading that you have been doing a series called Hell on the High Seas, is that right? Yeah, there's a charity in the UK called Sports Relief that raises money for children and families around the world. And uh, we took six celebrities sailing on a Volvo 65 with six professional crew. And in a week of uh, putting them through that, we sailed from Belfast in Ireland around the south coast of London. We raised over a million pounds. Wow, that's awesome. How can people watch that series? Well, it was um, it was mainly done by social media, but also some um, broadcasts on the BBC each day. Okay. Um, but it's it lasted last week, and um, then this weekend is the big um, sport relief weekend. So it was all part of the challenges where people are raising money. What are your plans for this year? <clears throat> I'm back doing some sailing with them on sale with the women's sailing program. And we're going to be heading to some regattas in France, in Europe. Um, so I'm there next week with them at Speed West on a J80. And then um, I'm going to be doing another charity sale in June, which is called the Three Peaks Race, which combines taking runners sailing. So we sail from place to place and the runners run up the mountains. <laughs> uh, just kind of getting back out there, doing some sailing, um, all with the aim to be back on the start line at 2017 for the next uh, edition of the Volvo Ocean Race. Tell us about your Volvo team. Well, Team SEA was um, the first time in 12 years that an all-female team had competed in the Volvo Ocean Race. And so we had a large number of years uh, a void to bridge in experience uh, levels. So we knew that as the race went on, we would get better. 
and that was demonstrated in our results and uh, that ultimate day in May last year when uh, we finished Legate into Lorient uh, as the winners and I think it changed a lot of people's perspective on uh, women in the Volvo Ocean Race. Um, but we'd had some really successful import series winning in Abu Dhabi and New Zealand and we actually finished in third place in the import series. Wow. So we're all quite keen to keep women in the Volvo Ocean Race. If not a female team, then definitely a mixed team. And if not one female team, then definitely two female teams would be nice. But um, it's a slow process to find the sponsorship involved. But uh, we hope to make sure there's still a presence. Now we've made bridged that gap, made that step. We hope it continues with the momentum. I was just one of the crew. The skipper was Sam Davies. And... Uh, she is also a sailor that took part in the Vendée Globe the same year I did. And uh, we had 13 girls in total involved and 11 on the boat at any one time. So we had a squad to cover illness and injury. Well, I was going to mention, I, I did an informal poll of uh, a very large uh, sailing group. And the three events that they said were their favorite events were the Volvo, the Vendée Globe and the America's Cup, and you've certainly been a leader in both uh, the Volvo and the Vendée Globe. So I, I think the, even the average sailor uh, really appreciates your contribution. Is there any tips that you could give your weekend racer to make their boats go a little bit faster? It's, it's interesting because um, people always say, how do I get to sail around the world, be it in whatever manner but I'd say you know your average weekend racer is every day is a school day there's no two days that are ever the same and you you constantly you're constantly learning and you learn from every boat you sell every person you sell with both the good and the bad and it's remembering that to in order to win to come first first you have to finish uh, and it's about going around the course clean and uh, the key to clean manoeuvres is really good communication so you just can't beat time on the water and I, I know many sailors are weekend sailors but it's still about being repetitive and practicing clear communication and keeping things simple if you start to get too clever that's when all the mistakes happen and that's when you end up in a big mess and everyone sails around you it's not always about pure boat speed, it's about not making the mistakes. I think that's very interesting, and I think that really shows up, especially in an event like the Vendée Globe, where the dropout rate is very high because of the, the level of difficulty. You know, I think it's very impressive. For example, the first time you did that event, you finished, and you finished very well. Yeah, I mean, the year I did it, 2008, um, 30 boats were on the start line, and only 11 of us finished. And I, I'm the, one of the few people that in five times of going around the world, I've rounded Cape Horn five times. And many people set out and don't complete that. So uh, I'm very lucky and I'm very, very aware of that. And of course, the more times you go out there, the more times you tempt fate. And maybe it might not be my lucky year next time, but you know, I'll deal with that at the time. But I think you have to go out with the intention of doing well and completing your challenge and uh, being positive and then deal with the curveballs as they come in. Uh, I think if you're always looking for the worst, you know, if you don't believe, then you're going to start to believe the worst. So it's um, 
about remaining positive, turning all negative things into positive things, and always learning from mistakes. So that, that's really interesting that you say uh, you talk about your risk management, but then you're also talking about having a positive outlook. And I, I don't think those are mutually exclusive, but they, they may kind of seem like a contrast. How do you how do you balance that risk management approach to not making mistakes with also having a positive outlook at all times? Well, things are never going to go right 100% of the time. And um, every time you learn, you, you deal with a mistake or a problem, you learn from that scenario. And I think that builds your experience and your confidence. And that has a knock-on effect to the others around you. But you can't be all doom and gloom so it can't go wrong and you think oh we've lost the race we're out of this that's the end you have to think okay we're back on our feet let's get back in this because anything can happen to anyone at any time so for your weekend sailor going around the cams they make a mistake at the lured mark it's it's not the be all and end all you know they still have the opportunity to get back in the race or do it better next time and I think it's always having that flip switch of oh, we were rubbish, but rather, right, let's not make that mistake again. That was caused by this, so make sure we set up for that beforehand. And I think if you're always kind of looking positively at things, you're always going to move forwards in the sailing. What was your most difficult moment or scariest moment when racing? I guess when you're on your own, it's the realisation of where your closest rescue is. Because your closest rescue is often your fellow competitor. So it encourages you to sail with the fleet and to sail as fast as everyone, which is good. But there's always jobs that you have to do um, that you don't like, but that's part of the parcel of the job you've taken on. I don't think I've really kind of struggled, but I'm not good with going up the mast, but I have to do it. You always find a way to fix things because you have to. But it's when I hear that things have happened to other people that I become aware of just how vulnerable we are out there. And then, you know, when I was quite new and I was doing the Vendée Globe, I it used to have an effect on me. I'd hear somebody else having a problem and I'd think, oh, that could happen to me. And uh, I, I used to, I could tell that I was sailing the boat a little slower and more carefully because of that. But actually, subsequently since then, I've learned that unless it's happening to you, you have to carry on as normal. So you hear of problems on other boats, you're aware that that could happen, but if your boat's okay, you keep going. And uh, that's quite a difficult mindset to get into, and that's something I had to learn that I developed probably during the Barcelona World Races where I could learn that I've moved, I had moved on to that. How does it the transition from kind of solo or double sailing to team sailing, how has that uh, gone for you? Uh, what are the challenges with working with a team versus a, a very small team or by yourself? It was uh, interesting. It was one of the hardest transitions I made going into Team FCA in the Volvo Ocean Race was that suddenly it wasn't about me being responsible for everything. I was so used to having to do everything that I found it quite hard to just only have my one job and trust everybody around me to do their jobs so that I became one of the many cogs in this high performance team 
and I found that a bit boring at times because I didn't have enough to challenge me but I understood the bigger picture and slowly I adapted and actually it was quite relaxing not to have any responsibility and stress and uh, I was probably the most relaxed I've ever been going around the world. So it's nice to have the extra hands. <laughs> oh, always. And somebody to share it with, the high bits and the low bits. So that was really nice. How do you deal with the sleep deprivation of solo sailing? Your body adapts. Um, it probably takes about oh, seven to ten days for your body to adapt into new routines. And so, you know, at the end of the day, your life is in your hands so that you have to react and you change the way you sleep so you cat nap and you sleep when you can and uh, when conditions allow when the situation allows or when things are good you bank your sleep while you can so a long sleep for me was an hour and a half and you cat nap at 20 minutes or 40 minutes at a time and you just wake up and check everything and maybe you can go back to sleep so i probably averaged around five hours sleep in a 24-hour period but the hard thing is transitioning back to normal life where you have daytimes and night times again. Wow. Okay, that's interesting. I I had heard of kind of people using the twenty minute cat nap, but I'd never heard of kind of longer ones. Because sometimes you just need a you don't want a, a nap. You need actually to sleep because you need to recharge, and that is normally a sign if you can't make decisions. That's a sign that you need to eat properly and sleep properly, and that. That means you know an hour's sleep but you also learn what works for you so i know that the last few hours of darkness before the sun comes up a really important time for me to sleep so i always try and get a couple of hours or an hour there just because that's probably the most valuable and then once the sun's up i can't sleep so then i'm okay well i really appreciate you speaking to me is there anything that i haven't asked you but you'd like to talk about Oh, well, there's so much. I'm very fortunate to have done so much. But it's, it's lovely to share some stories and share some insight. And I wish all your listeners uh, every success and enjoyable sailing. For me, the most important thing is to enjoy what you do. And time on the water is very precious. So make the most of it and make sure you enjoy it. Okay. I'll tell you one thing I would ask you. How did you conceive of the Aviva Challenge and how did you implement it? How did you get to the stage where you could get the boat and take advantage of that feat that had never been done? Well, I was very lucky to be a skipper on the Global Challenge. So Che Blythe's race for um, people to pay to have, the, have a go. And it was his suggestion that it was only a matter of time before a woman would follow in his footsteps. And why shouldn't that woman be me? So... 35 years earlier, um, so Trey Blythe had been the first man ever to do that wrong way round voyage, what was called the impossible voyage, and he supported me and said, you know, you could do this and I would support you. And that's where the seed was sown and uh, I spoke to him and it's very nice to go into a meeting with someone and say, so Trey Blythe supports my, my project. It gets people excited. And uh, literally three months after coming back from the Global Challenge, there I was on the same boat without the 17 people heading off to go and do something that I never even dreamt I would do. Well, it's been a real honor to learn from your experiences and speak to you. I'd love to have you come back on when you would like to talk about some other things that you're working on. You think that's possible? Oh, I'd love that. 
Well, thanks a lot. My pleasure. Thank you, Dee. Cool. Take care. So that was D. Kafari, Volvo Ocean Racer, Vonde Glober, world record holder. It was great to speak to her. Next week we will have the crew of SV Delos, and we have many more interviews that have already taken place that I'll bring to you as part of the weekly podcast. I spoke to Franz Amundsen of the Sailing in the Mediterranean podcast in his episode 96. And if you've just joined us uh, from after listening to that interview, welcome aboard. Franz has some audio lessons on iTunes, uh, which I think are great. And had I had access to those when I was studying for ASA 101, ASA 103, and ASA 104, I would have bought them and listened to them over and over. And I have bought a couple of his lessons uh, just for fun. I, of course, have How to Sail Around the World part-time as an audio album on iTunes. You can find that by just searching my name or searching the name of the audio album. That's the audio version of my book, How to Sail Around the World part-time. Of course, if you become a patron on Patreon for as little as one dollar, uh, you can get a deal. You can get the uh, MP3 version of How to Sail Around the World part-time for free. So instead of paying $9.99 on iTunes, you can get it for a dollar by pledging on Patreon. So if you're listening to this podcast in your iPhone, you just go to the, your feed you press, you see the episode and it's got the description. If you press the three dots right next to it, it'll bring up a menu. You go to full view, full description, and that has all the links on the show notes, including the Patreon link and all the links to D. Kafari's Great Adventures. Goodbye for now. Have some fun on the water. And I look forward to bringing SV Delos to you next week. Hi, I'm Jana Wilson. Thank you for listening to the Slow Boat Sailing Podcast. Subscribe to our free newsletter at slowboatsailing.com.